Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 30. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, Richard Ryerson here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast. You know, this morning I had an interview with Penelope Trunk, and I'll be posting her interview here later in the week. And uh, But she was talking about personality tests, and I know I've talked on a few interviews about um, you know, self mastery, knowing who you are to help. You know, that's one of the first steps in becoming and understanding what it means to be a leader. So, I'm a big fan of personality tests, the Myers Briggs. So, I'm going to post a, uh, a, a regular post and I'll have some links to some great free resources. And uh, another one that I had, a paid one that I'm a real big fan of called the Wealth Creator Test, but um, just got me thinking. And so, I'm going to, I'm going to look for that post on my website. And uh, if you're on my email list, I'll send you that email with the links to the post and all those free links for the personality test and also the the one paid one for the wealth creating test. But anyway, just got me thinking. Remember, self-mastery is the key. So uh, learn all you can about yourself is a a critical first step. This podcast is brought to you by audible.com. You've heard me say it before on the other podcast that it's difficult for me to catch up on my reading. I'm doing a lot more reading these days with all these interviews and audible.com is a great solution for me. I'm able to download pretty much Every book I come across and download it to my iPhone and I can listen to it as I'm driving to work when I do my regular job. And so it helps me get caught up, helps me get prepared for the interviews, and it's a great source. And you can go to my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible, and you can download a free ebook. And you can sign up for a free 30-day trial at no obligation to you. So poke around. You can look at their website and see all the hundreds of thousands of titles that they can choose from, and it helps make your smartphone smarter as they say so again doseofleadership.com slash audible or you can go to my website and look at the many banner links it'll take you to the same place dr john hole is my guest this next interview great interview he works for john maxwell he's the head of the equip leadership foundation a nonprofit that that transforms leaders worldwide so it's a great interview it's a, it was a pleasure and honor to talk with him and uh, enjoy the interview thanks well, my next guest, Dr. John Hole, is the president and CEO of Equip Leadership. He's been there since July 2000. Now, Equip Leadership was launched in 1997 by John Maxwell as a global initiative to train and resource leaders. Equip is now considered the largest, world's largest, and most comprehensive grassroots leadership slash personal growth and development organization. It's active in over 170 nations, and they're training millions of leaders with resources that were developed by leadership expert and Equip founder John Maxwell. Amazing statistic that I came across is that there's at least one Equip conference per day being conducted somewhere conducted somewhere around the world. I love what Dr. Hole's boss, John Maxwell, says that John Hole is a remarkably gifted man who is making a difference in countless lives worldwide. Most of all, I appreciate his heart for people. I've always been proud to have him represent me, so much so that if you want a picture of how I would personally lead, I'd tell you to look at him. I got to tell you, Dr. Hull, that was a pretty amazing compliment coming from John Maxwell. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I appreciate John saying that. I still can't figure out what in the world he was thinking that day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so I, thank you, Rich. Great to be great to be on your program. Well, uh, I'm, it's so so excited because you know I, I learned about Equip a few years ago. I gave a little brief in that introductory bio of you, but tell us. Let's bring everybody up to speed. All my listeners about what is Equip and how it came about. Sure, Equip was birthed out of two. Um, um, agonizing events or periods in Don Maxwell's life going back really to the 1980s and early 1990s. Two things happened, and out of those birth things, Equip became a reality. Uh, the first thing that was taking place was that uh, in the 1980s, John wrote a book called Developing the Leader Within You and a sequel called Developing the Leaders Around You. And those books began to make their way not only across the U.S. and Canada, but they began to make themselves available or make themselves uh, seen all over the world. Leaders were buying them, and they were starting to be printed in various languages. And as a result of the success of those books, as well as uh, some leadership back then cassette tape club that John had that later turned into uh, more uh, contemporary technology plat- platforms, uh, those books and tapes made their way around the world. And as a result, uh, there was a steady and increasing demand for John to go overseas. Requests were coming in. Would you come to our country and teach this? Oh, our country needs this. Oh, if you'd come and teach, we, we, we so desperately need this. And uh, John, humanly speaking, uh, couldn't do that physically and have any kind of quality of life. And so uh, friends around him, family members, uh, began to say, John, what you, what you really need to do is you need to form an organization. And out of that particular uh, context, Equip was born. The second uh, agony that was in his life was that when John had made his way overseas, when John was traveling around the world to train leaders, he would find himself in countries with leaders whom he would define this way, leaders who had great potential but simply didn't have the opportunity to develop their leadership skills. No no uh, leadership conferences available to them, no leadership resources available to them in their own language. And uh, so uh, out of that reality, that there were leaders that had potential but have lacked opportunity, Equip was born. And that all began to happen around 1996, 1997, and Equip had its very first international leadership conference, 1998, in a community called Kota, India. And it was a one-day conference, and we thought we were accomplishing great things. (laughs) And that was the start. It was uh, kind of a humble, simple, but very passionate beginning. And uh, in the summer, uh, pardon me, in the winter of 2000, uh, John asked me if I would come and uh, take Equip and uh, lead it. And I've been there now for over 13 years. Wow. So what were you doing before that? For 20 years, I've been a pastor, much like John Maxwell. I uh, grew up like John, a pastor's son. I'm like John, I became a pastor. Um, got an undergraduate degree, master's degree, uh, earned doctorate, kind of followed along the same path as he did, and uh, pastored some wonderful churches. Most recently, uh, I uh, up until 2000, I pastored a wonderful church in Toronto called the People's Church, which historically is known in the evangelical world as a great world missions church. And so... And asked John to come and speak to us at our missions conference in 1998. We became friends. And John knew that I had, over the years, acquired a lot of relationships around the world and had some favor with leaders globally. And uh, he asked me if I would come in, I think, uh, in part because of um, my, my, my giftedness and also because of my history. 
and the relationships that I'd had as a pastor of peoples. And uh, so uh, left there in, in 2000 and moved to Atlanta and uh, began the journey with him and brought his team ever since. So how do you get all these how – do, how do you go about getting – all these places trained what how do you, what's the kind of the logistics and the mechanics behind it well you know you, there, there's the there's the kind of the the, um, the corny thing that just says one leader at a time or one conference at a time what we what happened to us really was that say between 2000 when i came and 2002 we kind of just uh tried to figure it out come on some kind of strategy and we had a bump in the road with uh, 9-11 and uh, what had happened in our country in New York City and Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C., and all the aftermath of that. But we carefully just continued to build relationships. We did some conferences going back to 1999, 2000, 2001, just kind of one-time conferences in Latin American countries. We had a break that the Lord gave us that we were able to go to Beirut, Lebanon, and do a conference. We had another break that the Lord gave us an opportunity to be in Cairo, Egypt, with a conference. We had another break where we had an invitation to go to Manila in the Philippines, and uh, we continued to do some work in India. And uh, what happened was that we started developing some curricula, and we started putting some process together. And then John came to me in 2002 and said to me, uh, early 2002, really just not long after 9-11, and he said to me, John, what do you think the world would look like if somehow equipped could raise up training and resource one million leaders around the world. What do you think about that? I said, John, I think that would be a great idea. He said, I'm glad you think so, because I want you to go figure out how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, classic Maxwell moment for us. And uh, so I did. I got my team together, and we came up with an initiative about three months later uh, that became known as the Million Leaders Mandate. The idea was to train up, resource a million Christian leaders over a seven-year period, Beginning in 2003, we started in, um, we, we picked 15 sites in Asia that would receive equipped training, um, and we would, we would bring in the best leaders we could in those cities, and then we would resource those leaders to go back and train 25 of their own leaders uh, in the same content that they had been receiving. And then, but here was the hook in it. We would come back six months later to those same sites and introduce new material, bringing resources for them to take to their leaders. And then we would do that six months later and six months later. Really what we did is we set up a program that we honor to this day that we would go to a site and train leaders every six months for three years. And every time we come, we train them in six leadership lessons and then resource them to go back into their own circles of influence. We launched that million leaders and um, million leaders mandate initiative in India, the Philippines, and Indonesia in '94, and it spread in in in, in 2004. In 2005, we launched in Europe. In 2006, we launched in Africa. In 2007, we launched in Latin America. And before you know it, in five years, we had trained a million, where our goal had been seven years. Wow. And then what happened is, you know, obviously once you get to that point, compounding exponential growth takes place. In fact, if you are familiar with John Maxwell's theory, 21 Irrefutable Laws of uh, Leadership, yep. when he talks about the law of exponential growth in leadership, he uses equip in the book, in the second edition of the book, and the growth that the organization experiences as his model. 
And I'll tell you, it just started going and going and going. And today, we are in 177 countries. We average multiple equipped conferences somewhere every day around the world. This week that you and I are talking, uh, we are in eight different countries with leadership training in uh, places like uh, Serbia. Uh, we are in uh, a couple of countries in Africa. We're in a couple of countries in Latin America. We're in a couple of countries in Asia. And on and on it goes week after week after week. And, uh, you know, we, we have a saying, no one ever really graduates from school leadership. <laughs> right. It's so what we've done is we just cre- keep creating, through John's uh, abilities and capacities, we just keep creating new content and keep training leaders. And uh, we've gotten to a point now, and, and we can talk about our, some of our new initiatives that we're doing, but, but we're really committed to make sure that uh, leaders get trained, leaders get enforced, and leaders are encouraged. Years ago, John Maxwell said leaders need three things. They need training, they need resources, and they need encouragement. And I think those three things are embodied in the mission and application of the club. So, okay, t- two things. So you, on the leadership training front, you obviously need an army of folks to go out. You know, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's a train-the-trainer right. type mentality. But how do you – so, okay, it's not you want to go and say, um, okay, we're going to go to – the Ivory Coast, and we're going to go to this mm-hmm. city, and you pick a city. Mm-hmm. Do you do large conferences, or do you pick business leaders? Do you pick um, uh, ministry, sure. what, or all of the above? Yeah. I mean, how do you know what to Great. pick? And- well, well, first of all, you go to a country when you receive an invitation, uh, say from a national leader, and let's use the Ivory Coast. We receive a, an invitation from a leader or a group of leaders in the Ivory Coast, say, uh, equip, would you please come and train our materials? And we have a couple of models that we use in which we deliver equipped at these uh, every six-month conferences. The most popular and well-received is what we call the associate trainer model. We have over 300 uh, individuals who are business people and pastors who will commit to go to one site twice a year for three years, and they pay their own expenses. Wow. Over 300 of these people uh, we've recruited since 2003 and four, and we have an active recruiting process. I'm in Mobile, Alabama, as I talk to you on a on the equip uh, trip right now, and in uh, just a little while I'm speaking at a place called uh, uh, City Church, and there will be a, a kind of an intimate gathering of maybe just a hundred folks tonight, nothing large. I'll tell the equipped story, and out of that, we will tell people about our associate training program, and it's amazing that there are people, Richard, that are drawn to this because they, they, they want to go overseas, they want to do something uh, as Christ followers that helps fulfill the Great Commission, and they believe that leadership development is the way to do it, but they've never had a way, the best way to do it, and they've never had an opportunity really to go over and, and train and, and, and engage with uh, with, with leaders and to, to talk leadership and to teach leadership. So what we offer them is something that would that would appeal to leaders. It might not be a work project. It might not be a construction project. It might not be a literacy project. It might not be building a building. It might not be a medical missions project. It's a leadership development project. And the leaders in the Ivory Coast, to continue our example, they will use their streams of influence to draw people to our conference. They are explaining that if they come and be a part of this, that it's a process of three years, 
It's an ongoing process of learning and training, learning and training, learning and training. The idea, as you've heard John probably say for the years, that the best leaders are trained daily, not just in a day. And uh, and, and so we, we go back again and again. And these associate trainers are the primary deliverers of the equipped content all over the world. And again, we're constantly in that process of recruiting people who will go and train for us. And they're a remarkable group of people. About 60% of them are pastors, 40% of them are business people, about 80% are men, 20% are women. You know, that's amazing to me. And you guys are just, you know, a lot of people talk about leadership. They talk about transformation, but you guys are actually doing it. I'm looking at your map. I mean, you look at your your global map. Um, You've been everywhere. Well, you haven't been the... Iceland. I'm a little disappointed in you there. You haven't been to Iceland. Is that right? <laughs> but yep. my well, let me let me let me, encu- let me encourage you though. That's that's been up there. We've made a we've made a visit to Reykjavik, and uh, oh, okay, we're going to be starting a conference in Iceland very soon. So okay. that was just probably not colored in yet. But I <laughs> I, 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 I just want to encourage you. We're trying. Our yeah. goal actually is to be in every nation in the world by 2015. Okay, so my, my we're opi- motivated. My we're opinion- very motivated. My opinions changed, and that's now that you've gone there, I, I feel better now. But my gosh, I mean, it's a, it, 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 it's every everywhere and that's just amazing to me i mean and kudos to you for doing that would you consider it for those who aren't familiar with equip is it is it a ministry mission is it a leadership is it both i mean what what how would you define it well we are a not-for-profit organization uh that is committed to training leaders training christian leaders uh and equipping them so that they can more efficiently and effectively fulfill the great commission of christ so yes, it is primarily a biblically driven, Christ follower driven vision and mission. What has been interesting has been in these years where you've seen the growth equipped, you have also seen the growth of John Maxwell's influence as a Christ follower in the secular marketplace. Yeah. And so they're saying, John, would you come and teach us at these Fortune five hundred companies? Would you come and teach us here at these multi-level marketing companies? Would you come and teach us at this or that? Would you come speak to our government? Would you come speak to our universities? And they know he's a Christ follower. But John goes and speaks and teaches principles that are biblically based, but does it in a manner that doesn't alienate those that might not be people of faith. And so um, all of John's leadership books uh, in the last, say, 15 years, I say all, almost all, have been, if you will, secular in their presentation, but he's never shy about his faith, but all of those so-called secular biblical, pardon me, those secular business principles that people are looking at, they're all rooted in the Bible. Yeah, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, and you were mm-hmm. asking kind of how this podcast came about, that, you know... I, when I first started talking about leadership and coming up with a presentation, again, it was through the hotel company, but you're right. Nobody, the Marine Corps didn't invent these principles. John Maxwell didn't invent these principles. Equipped didn't invent them. They are principles that just exist, and I think that's what's important to, for people to understand, yeah. particularly about leadership, that principles exist. Um, they just right. are. It's like inalienable rights, the same thing, right? They were giving to given to us as a gift. They're there for us to discover, and that's something I've really come around to in the last four to five years, you know, I, I'm so embarrassed to even admit that I came around at that late, but it is, leadership isn't so much, I hear, follow these 10 things, you're going to be a better manager, you're going to be a better, you're going to, you're going to advance in the career, 
you know, the next level. You may you get the C corner office maybe. And I think a lot of people, when they originally start looking at leadership, they're looking at it that way. But it really is universal principles that just exist for all of us to um, discover. And it's for all aspects of our lives, not just business. It's for all aspects. So, um, yeah, and what we would what we would simply say with that is that these these because these principles are biblical, they are timeless, they are transferable from one culture to the next. Right, they're universal. Yep, you know, and 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 that's kind of where we that's kind of where we are. And John is uh, when John is is very clear that he's a person of faith. All you need to do is just search the web and. He'll tell you, John Maxwell, you know, is also part of the teaching team at Christ Fellowship Church in in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Right. You know, he's, he, he teaches there about eight uh, Sundays a year with Pastor Tom Mullins and Todd Mullins. Uh, and, and and so we we basically, people know who we are. I was just uh, a moment ago doing an interview here in Mobile with the uh, local paper, the Mobile Register, and uh, and and uh, talking to the, the the reporter here, and you know, we we, we are we are who we are, and uh, and and yet we want to try to help people using biblical principles without at the same time being so uh, offensive or whatever that uh, they would be turned off. We we believe that we can provide them biblical principles and uh, and help them as they their lives and through the through the, the, the process, perhaps that they would come to know the author of the Bible. And we think that would be kind of exciting. Yeah, and I, th- I think what's, what's so great about it is at the heart of, of the mission of Equip, in the heart of a lot of what John writes about, is that y- you guys believe that every person is born with the potential to influence others. And that's what is, I, I think, even speaking from, um, you look at the corporate world, the business world, especially in the family side of it, I mean, that's what's lacking in so much aspect of our lives. If there's a vacuum of leadership, and I think there is. I mean, I, I've asked this question a lot of leaders, and some people, well, I don't think there's a vacuum. There's some great leadership, and there is. If you if you look, if you turn off your TV and you go and you really look and you dig, there are some, you know, great people doing, you know, not getting a lot of recognition, doing some fabulous things. And it's because, right. and it's those people that are doing it are the ones that believe that, look, we all have the potential to influence others. And I think that's why... 360 leader is so great and and everything else because the real and, and I do think there's a shift I do think especially in the last 20 years I want to get your perspective on what you think that it does seem like more and more people are starting to understand that the real leadership in, in today's world in the new normal the new organizations are, is really is happening from the middle and below and those organizations that are rocketing to the, to the top are the ones that realize that what is your take on that? Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think in the last 20 to 30 years, there's been a real change. You know, the buzzword in the 1980s, looking back on it, was uh, was, was the word management. And uh, and uh, you'd have uh, people, um, like Peter Drucker and others, that would write about, you know, really having great systems in place and being great managers. When you move into the 1990s, in part with John Maxwell's uh, emergence, you really saw great emphasis uh in the business community and uh, business cultures, leadership cultures, on the word leadership, leader mm-hmm. and leadership. And then I think as you move into 2000 and beyond, especially in the last 10 years, if I can borrow from you, I think what you see now is the whole concept of team leadership. Yeah. And that is the idea that a person can lead 
from the middle of the pack. You can lead up to your boss by being a person of influence and being a producer. Oftentimes, if you're a good producer, you become a person of influence. That's leading. You can lead below those by trying to empower those that are below you and those that uh, are uh, reporting to you by encouraging them, by training them, by building relationships with them, by being committed to their success. Because if they're successful, the people that are working for you are successful. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to be successful. That's right. And then, there's the whole idea of leading across. You know, as leading up, yes, leading down, but also the 360 leader leads leads across to the colleagues, to the people that they work with every day. And, uh, you know, uh, not in a spirit of competition, but, you know, how can I make you more successful uh, with the spirit of generosity versus the spirit of, 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 of a scarcity mindset? And uh, oftentimes colleagues uh, on the same uh, level uh, as they're going up the ladder uh, will sabotage each other instead of being committed to each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a great emphasis on that. And I, and I, I do believe that John has been um, uniquely positioned to be one of the the spokespersons to see that shift take place. There's no question, though, the emphasis now, and you said it right, that it, that, that, that organizations that are doing team leadership, that are about empowerment, that are getting other people involved, those are the ones that are moving and shaking in the world today. Yeah, and I think as, as times and the technology and, and everything does seem to get a little more chaotic, the, the only way that you can thrive in a chaotic environment is – and. Um, and I see too many people trying to put a lot of emphasis on trying to squelch or or tamper or eliminate the chaos. And I and I kind of come from the thinking like, well, get a little bit more comfortable with the chaos. You don't need to bring gasoline to the fire. But those that can learn how to deal and operate within a chaotic environment, and the only way that you can do that is if you push decision-making down to the absolute lowest level, if you push accountability – or, or you, you or you promote an environment where leaders are accountable and they support decentralized decision making and i I think that is a key to so much success and I still think it's lacking on so many levels that's a great observation and i would I would agree with you that I think um, probably your best organizations are in a perpetual state of uh, of chaos and yes. I don't mean that in, that's a negative thing I agree and if you ever look at that the sociologist uh, the, the arrows, the, socio, the sociologists that uh, called it the sigmoid curve. And it's, uh, you can't talk about that on uh, audio, it's, uh, it's more of a visual. But it's the idea that uh, before, as an organization is, at its, is, is beginning to peak, uh, that is not the time that you want to create change. You want to be creating change before you crest, before you hit the top. Right. And then you start a whole new wave of success. And uh, between that time of starting the new wave and the momentum of going into the wave of present success at its, at its max, there is a, this, uh, a constant state of chaos. And, uh, and, and I think that's good and healthy for an organization because what happens if you don't have that, you get lazy. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you, you get, and, and I think the best leaders uh, stir it up a little bit and uh, make you, makes you uncomfortable and and, uh, and and Maxwell certainly that way with us, you know, just to the point where um, uh, our team, executive team, is thinking, "Hey, hey, this is great." You know, that's kind of the human the human response. This is really great. John will step in as our top leader, as our visionary, our founder, and shake it up. Yeah. And you go, "Okay, here we go again." But that's what makes it fun, and that's what uh, 
you know, that's what the, the what great leaders do. I, I don't know of any. If you if you watch these uh, great football and basketball coaches on the collegiate level, they'll win national championships one after the other, but they're they're just never quite, you know, it's just always some way new way we gotta shake it up. There's another way we can do it. And and there's that the challenge of a leader and, and, and the followers of the key leader is to keep that in mind. And ultimately if you can Keep working it as sharp as you keep working it. It makes you focus more. It makes you a better thinker. It makes you serve people better at the end of the day. Uh, that's what we want to try to do is serve people at, 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 at the max. Yeah, you said something that I hadn't heard in a long time, and it, it brought back some, some memories, but I, I love that. Don't And someone had told me years ago, one of my mentors, it says, don't be afraid to make things a little uncomfortable, not for the sake of being mean or or, or being a mm-hmm. jerk, but like you said, yeah. like, hey, let's – let, let's keep striving. Let's keep pushing, right? Because otherwise, you do get stagnant yeah. and, and lazy. You, get, you, can get, you can get lazy. And I've been tempted to get lazy because we've had enormous success. And at the moment that, you know, I'm thinking that, uh, sure enough, something will stir us up. And oftentimes, it's John's leadership that helps us uh, uh, get that thing stirred up. And, and then uh, it, it's cleansing, it's refreshing, it's stimulating, and it just keeps you going. All right, so you're based in Atlanta, and you're telling me you're right now in Mobile, Alabama. You're in the yes, middle, sir. and I just learned about this when I requested the interview, that you're on a, um, a, a relay, a walk, a, a world relay. So that's I'm excited to hear about that. So tell me what, what's prompted that. What's what's the mission behind that? Let me tell you the project, and then I'll, I'll, I'll back up and tell you how it started. I'm in the midst of a, of a team walk uh, relay. We call it the Equip World Relay. Began, began Atlanta March the 4th and will end in Guatemala City, Guatemala on June the 12th. And it is a 2,400 mile walk from uh, Georgia to Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, Mexico, all the way down the Guatemala border into Guatemala City. It is 22 days per mile for about 120 days. We have or will have in the United States about anywhere from 500 to 700 volunteer walkers joining us. We have in Mexico another 1,000 or so that will be joining us on this walk at some place along the journey. And we anticipate by the time we get to Guatemala that thousands will be walking with us toward Guatemala City. And we will conclude in June, on June the 12th in a soccer stadium finishing the walk there and bringing the relay to a conclusion with the president of Guatemala and John Maxwell there and uh, a proclamation for transformational leadership goals for Guatemala for the years to come. That's the project. All of it goes back to uh, one of those shake-it-up conversations that John Maxwell had with us uh, back about uh, two years ago where we were reviewing and saying, okay, we've trained this many leaders in this many countries. Uh, we've had favor. God's been very good to us. We've become the largest leadership development organization in the world. We saw uh, grassroots-wise. We've become the largest, this is interesting, we're the largest uh, leadership content creator in the world. Uh, no one produces as much leadership content as we do under the Maxwell brand. <laughs> And uh, John said, you know, that's great, but there has to be more. And this came to uh, a conclusion when he, uh, a very dramatic conclusion, when he said, we want to begin to emphasize something we're calling, and not the first ever called, but a trans- transformational leadership. 
Um, and we use that phrase transformational leadership or transformed leader because it, many people talk about transformation taking place in societies. And either they, 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 they spiritualize it so much that it's a foreign concept or it is uh, some type of short-term feel-good solution in which there is no lasting uh, impact. John is of the opinion that before you can ever transform a culture, a nation, a church culture, an office culture, before you ever transform an organization, an entity, you must first see leaders transformed. And that is when that, that starts taking place when leaders begin to see others as more important than themselves, yeah. but not just in their own cultures, but they begin to export that into other cultures or other streams of society. A transformational leader, if you will, has the heart of a servant, but has the, 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 the eyes of, of, of a visionary who understands that, uh, to use Christian nomenclature, Jesus Christ called his followers to be the, the, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, not the salt of the church or the light of the church. And oftentimes, you and I know this happens, we become very inward in the local church, and we are not outward focused. Uh, the transformational leader says, we want to position our church so that we are influencing marketplace, so that we are influencing media, the arts, we're influencing education, we're influencing government, we're, we're, we're influencing all the other streams of society. Uh, in a business context, a transformational leader says, you know, hey, we, we just don't want to make a profit only. We just don't want our people to be happy inside the four walls of the company. But, but, but our organizations, our companies, we need to reinvest in the community. We need to reinvest by, by teaching our employees to be volunteers, to, to be able to tackle some of the tough, tough issues that face some of our hardest-hit communities. Transformational leaders in education say, you know, it's important that our children be trained in the four walls of the classroom, but it's even more important that a part of their own educational process is that they be taught to, be, uh, to learn what it means to be volunteers, to get them involved in manageable work projects with a reasonable, uh, short but reasonable amount of time where you can make a difference in impacting them as children on the importance of giving back. The whole idea of transformational leadership is, yeah, you've got the heart of a servant, but you've got the eyes of a visionary who sees outside their immediate context a, a bigger world that needs to be impacted. Now, yeah. that long, long monologue there, that, that this walk, this relay, is a way for us for four months uh, to set the stage, build a runway, so that we can tell the story, yes, of what needs are in Guatemala, and we can unpack that if you wish why we picked Guatemala, but also build a model in Guatemala of transformational leadership cultures that we then can somewhat refine and then export to the other nations around the world where we are. Along the way, we are in, we're going through eight major southern cities. They're major starting with Atlanta. Houston would be the the super large markets, but we're in cities like Mobile and Montgomery and Columbus, Georgia, and um, uh, north of New Orleans, Baton Rouge. We're going through uh, uh, Houston and to 
in Troy, Texas, down in Atlanta, Texas, and every one of those cities I just listed, and Mobile, including where I am now, we're holding these um, transformation evenings where I'm bringing in a panel of local transformation-type folks that are trying to make a difference in this immediate community. When I leave Mobile tomorrow, Richard, what I'm hoping is I'm going to know who are the key transformation people or organizations in this city. I'm going to know what the needs are here. And then I'm going to be able to collect all these stories out of these eight cities. And when we open our new John Maxwell Leadership Center in February of 2014, I'm inviting all these leaders that I've met to come and spend time with John twice a year in Atlanta at our center and then bring the best and brightest who are doing transformation work across America and around the world to speak and encourage these people and also give these people an opportunity to, to learn what the best practices are for transformation in, in, in each other's community so they can share ideas and learn to work together. Well, it's just I'm just blown away, and while you're sitting here, I'm listening to that, and I'm also looking at the map of the relay where you're going. And um, I got to commend you. Like I said, a lot of people are talk about leadership, and we always look at you, you are definitely outward focused on this, and you're being very bold and uh, courageous. And that's the kind of the word that was sticking out of my head as you were uh, talking about all this. It's 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 a, a pursuit of uh, courageous. Boldness, and I think that is so great, and it's so lacking in in all aspect of our lives. So that's just awesome. I noticed. Well, you- we're, we're thank you, thank thank you for your kind words, and uh, we just uh, people that are praying, uh, people to pray for us, and we'll have safety because these highways are crazy. I can imagine. And, uh, and uh, but uh, we have a lot of fun in the process, working hard. We are four hundred miles into our journey. Uh, we're at mile 396 here in Mobile, and by about oh, 8 o'clock, 8.30 tomorrow morning, local time, uh, we'll be crossing that 400-mile mark. we still got a long way to go. I need to find out. I notice here you're going to Carretero, Mexico at some point. I need to, whenever you get closer, I, uh, we fly in there uh, All t- right. twice a week, and we spend the night there. So maybe we'll get lucky, and I'll be there when you're there. Well, we'll try to we'll try to we'll try to stay connected on that. Just please remind me, and uh, and uh, we we'd love to have you as part of the relay. It'd be yeah, fun. that's awesome. So, are you are you physically walking the whole way, or do you do you? I mean, that's... well, of the four hundred miles, I've walked about two hundred and eighty of them so far. Uh, we have uh, people that are joining us every day. We have two customized vans that are advertising equipped for relay. In fact, we could send you. Yeah, I don't know if you're if on your website there. If you'd like to have some pictures of Absolutely. what we do, or you yeah. can, if you can go to our website and pull some stuff, we can make that happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but but we've got two vans and then two drivers, and uh, uh, one of them serves as a driver, but also as logistics and a, and a road manager. Uh, Harrison Hudson does a fabulous job for us. And um, then we have a uh, and we have people that join us. We had uh, nine people today walking. Uh, we'll have another seven tomorrow. We had six the day before. We've had as high as 25 to 30 walking. And we've had as few as just a handful, although just uh, a very few days. Uh, we are now in day 18, starting day 19, I think, tomorrow. And uh, we, we always have walkers. We've been out recruiting. You know, we made a lot of friends through the years. And uh, people join us. And we've had, and then we, have people, we have people come over all the United States. And then interestingly enough, we have uh, people flying in from Hong Kong and from uh, 
Manila and from uh, Myanmar, the former Burma. We have people flying in, uh, and, and a person flying in from Austria to walk with us. And uh, so, uh, and, and we have, uh, I think we've had uh, five Canadians so far walk with us. So, yeah, and we have one person from Egypt walk with us. So it's, it's fun seeing uh, the international flavor as we're here in the, the Deep South. Well, awesome. So uh, I'm looking here. The, the website is, and I'll put a link link to this on the post when I post the okay. podcast, equipworldrelay.org, right? And uh, yep. that's about the that's relay. Right. Yeah, equipworldrelay.org, and then uh, you can also link that into our uh, website that's there. Just kind of tell the equip story. It's iequip.org, iequip.org. Yep, iequip.org. And, yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then if people want to follow John Maxwell on Twitter, I'm not sure what his Twitter handle is, but you can follow him. You can follow us. You can follow John on Facebook. I think John's, I think John's at six or seven hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah, I think I have him on. I can probably look it up. I'll I'll include that too. But I think, um, yeah, his is, um, yeah, it's at John C Maxwell. Maxwell. Okay. John C Maxwell. Yep. Well, gosh, uh, what a pleasure and what an honor to talk with you. I could talk with you for another hour, but I know you've got. Uh, looks like you just did an interview, and you probably got to rest your feet or something, or get ready for your. Well, we're getting ready to do an event here in Mobile this transformation evening, and uh, and uh, but but it's been great fun talking to you. And and here's what I would say is if a uh, uh, month down the road, uh, if if by the grace of God we're making progress and you want an update. Uh, I can share with you. There's a lot I'd love to share with you about some of these transformation principles and initiatives and things we're learning, people we're meeting, Absolutely. doors that are opening. Um, and I think it would encourage your listeners. And uh, and uh, and I'm just thankful that you've given us a platform and, and uh, you know, shared, been very generous with your time with your audience to let us tell the story. And on behalf of John and, and all the team, we're, we're really grateful. Thank you, Richard. Well, my pleasure. And then, like I said, we will do that. I will, uh, we'll, I'm going to take you up on that offer. We'll, we'll give an update here in a month or so. And, um, and we'll stay connected. So, uh, Dr. Sounds good. That Dr. sounds very good. I appreciate that. Dr. Hull, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, my privilege. Continue success, and I, I look forward to talking to you. You be careful. Okay. Take care. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. 